This is Randy Lawson, and you're listening to the Three Count Podcast. Welcome everybody to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast presents Now Entering the Ring. I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller. That's right, the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. But like every good Sherpa, which is what you will address me as, you got to have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently than you can. So it's never about me. It's about who's entering the ring. And the person that's entering the ring today, you probably have seen this man around. This man has got his own YouTube channel. It is fly because, you know, I love watching his cover music. He's got tons of albums that he's put all over Apple Music as well. And you can go search every bit of it. The reason why he's on this show is because... I'm a huge fan of his song, his cover, the thing that gets me out in the ring. That's right. Hollow Drive, you know, Danger Zone is what brings me in. So welcome in, Marcus Wells. What's up, everybody? It's an honor to be on the show. Thank you, Cliff, for being our Sherpa and guiding us up the mountain. I'm very excited <laughs> to be here tonight. Man, I'm, I'm not going to lie. So I've been a pro wrestler now for just under two years, right? And... uh I knew that I needed to have, like, because my character, he's a mercenary, and it was more military, so I was like, I need to have, like, a badass song to take me out. Yeah. And I thought of Danger Zone, so I was like, well, Danger Zone makes sense, because that's iconic, everybody knows that song. Oh, yeah. I was like, but Kenny Loggins, like, for me, like, and I know a lot of people are probably going to be out there and be like, this is dumb, but Kenny Loggins, it's kind of a softer tone, right? Uh, and I was like, I need something with some some metal to it right and yeah, i some just <laughs> yeah and i just i just happened to like just type it in i put in like metal cover and then the song came on and i went ballistic and i was like this is it like this is this is god tier to me <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much man it's very flattering and we're very stoked that the song got some good use um that song's actually quite quite a tale um that was one of the last songs that hollow drive recorded um before the band ended up splitting up in 2012 and we never released it um we were getting ready to go into a studio the studio for a new album cycle and we were going to release that in between to kind of entice fans because every tour just something we started doing when we first got together we always would pick like a cover that we all agreed on um, whether it be just like a super popular song that we all loved or something we're like, you know, when they did this song, man, they didn't really have the technology or the tones that we have now. Maybe we could do this with it or, you know, kind of fit in a little bit more of a modern take and an older song. So we always like to mess with stuff. One of the first songs that we did was actually laid to rest by Lamb of God. And that's one of the things that kind of made us start coming up. So people like, dude, you guys sound like just like him. And we're like, I mean, shut up. No way. But thank you. Like, <laughs> like, you know, I mean, come on, Mark Morton and like, uh, come on, those guys are phenomenal musicians. I was like, but, um, you know, we did uh, Kill Switch Engage's End of Heartache and just people just really love our covers because we were meticulous about doing them to a T. You know, I mean, getting the, the guitar tones right and the drum tones right. And, uh, you know, I have to credit my brother really big on that because he was really big into the sonics, you know, when it came to recording them and the way that, you know, we were tuning and everything. And, um you know we were coming up for the Einheit 2020 album cycle and we had that tour coming up so we're like all right well new album means new cover song for the year because how that band worked is we would rehearse basically in january and go out on the road for the rest of the year 
And then we'd start writing and probably, I mean, we wrote on the road, but we'd start writing usually about mm, October-ish, try to go in the studio around November, December, kind of take the holidays off, record, kick out a new album the first year and then new tour cycle. So we decided on Danger Zone and we all sat down to learn that song. And that was in like the late 80s when songwriting, especially pop songwriting, did some kind of funny things arrangement wise that they don't really hadn't done in music and don't do in music. It was this very small time period where like they hit the verse three times, you know, and they'll do a little bridge uh, like after the first chorus, you know, like there was these little arrangement things that are very different from, uh, you know, what music had done to that point and then where, where music went from there. So we learned the song that way, played it to a T the way that it was, and it just didn't feel right. Like we just would jam it and we're all like, eh, it's not really doing it for me. And then we get chatting and, you know, hey, maybe we should like throw a breakdown in it and drop that third verse and just put a, you know, just heavy as balls breakdown in there where, you know, I, I think that would be awesome. So we started playing with the arrangement a little bit. Uh, we changed the tuning of it and dropped it down to a lower tuning instead of playing it in the standard tuning. And, um, you know, when we went into Wallace Sound Studios and recorded it with BJ Perry, who was in Port Huron at the time, who's uh, since gone on to do I Prevail. And I mean, he's done amazing things. Um, actually, I think they were just nominated for a Grammy, if I remember right. Um, so working with BJ, man, like it was kind of when he was first coming up, uh, it was a great team, man. We were all really excited about that release. And then, you know, we went went out, did the tour and everything, came back at the end of the year from that tour on the Einheit album, recorded that with BJ. And then, you know, we had some things happen internally to where, you know, one member wasn't able to tour for an extended period of time. And, you know, it just, we, we were going pretty hot and heavy. And then I had an offer from another band. So we all ended up parting ways and, it's kind of a thank you to all of our fans for sticking with us and believing in us for all the years. We're like, let's just throw this up on YouTube for free because otherwise, you know, to charge for it or whatever, put it on iTunes, it has to be for sale and you have to go through all this licensing stuff. So but like, let's just throw it up on YouTube and the fans can have it. They can listen to it when they want. And uh, last I looked, it was over like, I think 250,000 views. Uh, it's been up there for years. So, and, you know, people like you come across it and, you know, ask if they can use it. We're like, cool, but don't charge any money for it. Cause like you'll get sued. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and that's, that's like the, the wild part of it though. Like it's when I, like I said, when I heard it, I was like, this is going to be like, this is going to go one of two ways. Right. For me, especially like in, in the wrestling community, it's either going to go off really, really well. And a yeah. lot of people are going to get behind it or it's going to fall flat and I'm going to look, it's like it's just one wasted opportunity right oh but yeah yeah the moment that that song like starts right because the crowd gets invested and it's I, and you can agree right the crowd gets invested right away because you it starts all quiet and you hear a womp womp yeah womp womp and then right when that kicks up right do 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 like i am out of the curtain and everybody's just up like they're just ready yeah. to rock and it's like it, it's been crazy because I've had like a lot of kids come up to me and then we're talking like younger kids like between like 12 and 14 that come to the wrestling shows and they're like what is this song where did you find it and I'm like well it's on the YouTube page go check out Hollow Drive you can listen to it there and they're just they get enamored and like every time I come back to like a different uh, different place whether I'm like I'm in West Virginia or you know I'm in Maryland or I'm over in New Jersey like fans are like they see me and I guess now like the track kind of gets like attached to me but I'm like yo like no 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 like 
we got to pay homage. These are the guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's dude, it's so awesome to hear, man. Cause like, that's, that's exactly what our intention was with what we did to change it. We wanted, cause it's such a great song. And for like people that are like our age, you know, we remember Top Gun and it was such an epic movie and all the scenes that that was used for was like exactly what you're describing. It's those amped up, like ready to rock and roll, like, you know, all, all's on the line. And it draws you in. And, you know, as soon as that baseline hits, like you said, with that do, 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 everybody knows it. That's in our age group. But what, what's cool about it and the way, you know, we dropped it down, we put the breakdown in it, we changed the arrangement to make it more modern, to appeal to, you know, a younger generation that doesn't know that movie, doesn't know that song. Because, you, you know, we, we always ask the question and got asked the question a lot in interviews, would that song have been as popular if Top Gun sucked? Like if the movie wasn't good, would that song have been as awesome, you know, or vice versa, you know, I mean, the movie being good, the song being good, but if one of them wasn't, you know, like it, you know, it wouldn't, it, I don't think anybody would have known Danger Zone if Top Gun was a flop movie. Right. You know, I think that the epicness of the movie kind of helped kind of same with like Footloose, like Footloose is a good song. It's another Loggins Messina song. Uh, you know, Messina, which, you know, the underdog in that that writing team doesn't get a lot of credit, but he's the one that did all the music and stuff. Like, he did all the guitars, drums, bass, arrangements, and Kenny Loggins just sang, you know, which has got a great voice, and that's awesome, but that's a great writing team. They have so many hits, but Footloose, same thing. If the movie would have been a flop, would the song have been popular? You know? So it's one of those things that, we, you know, we always kind of went back and forth with that, like, because if Top Gun, like, you know, if they would have not had the budget, you just saw the strings flying the planes around and stuff, you know, because the film wouldn't have been good. Like, who knows? Maybe that song would have been a flop, you know, but that's really cool to hear that you got younger kids come up, come up and ask about the song because that's exactly what our intention was, dropping the tuning down lower and kind of changing the arrangement was to appeal to a younger generation with such a something that came out in our generation that was such a great song. You know, I, I think that's pretty awesome that you have that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so man, like, you know, we we're talking about like great music and like getting crowds amped up, right? And so like one of like the benefits of like in the wrestling community and just like in, in music and movies, right? And TV shows, they do it all the time. is like great storytelling. So like, I'm curious, man, like what's been like one, like what's been like one of your inspirations? Like what's keeps you motivated to writing stories? And then like, how do you write your your stories? How do you put people on that journey? Um, that's a, uh, very interesting, good question. Very good question. Um, so what keeps me motivated and inspiration is kind of all, all in the same thing. Like when you're a musician or any sort of artist, I feel it's super duper important to just be open-minded. You have to be open-minded always, all the time and listen, um, inspirations all around you all the time. Like I, I know a lot of writers that get stuck and have writer's block and, I've never really had much of a problem with that because I, I do a lot of different things. Uh, I have a lot of different hobbies. Um, one of my favorites is um, I'm a huge motorcycle rider. There is not too many things that happen on my Harley and just getting some wind therapy can't cure. So, you know, if I do hit a spot in a song, um, you know, I don't know where to move forward or whatever, you know, usually taking a ride or, I mean, there, there's all kinds. I, I live in Florida now. So, I mean, I'm, I can go fishing. I mean, there's the stuff I can do all the time, but you know, it's, there's a process to it with, with the writing, you know, a lot of people try to force stuff. I don't ever try to force stuff. I try to let things just be as organic as possible. Um, you know, and I've, I've always said that ever since I started playing when I was a little kid, I just kind of, you know, I do my scales and stuff and I've let my fingers kind of start doing the talking and you get kind of where it's second nature 
And then once you do your warm-up stuff, it's kind of like shut your brain off and just go. That's when I write my best stuff. You know, that's how I would say probably 80% of my songs start. The other 20% is something pops into my head. Uh, you know, I get something stuck in my head when I wake up in the morning or, you know, I, I could be literally out in the woods and the wind blows a certain way and I get a melody in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of us musicians are big on the, the voice memos on the cell phone. So like you sing your little melody, go back, try to turn it into a song. But most of my stuff comes from, you know, I sit down to play, I'll do my guitar warm ups. I start everything with the guitar first, you know, I just my process um so i'll sit down i'll do my scales loosen my fingers up and then just kind of riff for a minute you know i'll play some cover songs some sections of of songs and riffs that i like and then something will come out of it and then i'm like i wonder what this will sound like to drums so then i plug in set my rig up lay down the riff put some drums to it and then next thing i know eight hours go by (laughs) i wake up my beard's three inches longer it's four days later um so because the studio is just kind of a time warp like that but um yeah I, I don't ever have problems staying motivated uh I notice as I get older uh you know I've, I've retired from touring back in like 20 uh 2018 uh just because I I toured from 2005 to 2018 professionally doing like 280 shows a year 10 months out of the year all over the world so um you know I did I did did some did some time um which was awesome man is great but you know getting getting older you know maintaining a relationship's really really hard out when you're out on the road and you're not around and you know i had aspirations to uh, you know settle down and start a family and uh met a girl i got married in uh 2020 uh to an amazing woman and that's kind of changed changes priorities a little bit so i'm not uh, not in the studio as much i've also started my own business in the past year or so that takes up a lot of my time but you know, I got a couple of buddies I still get together with and, you know, we try to jam at least once a month. So I'm in the room with other people and it's hard not to get inspired just doing that, you know, and I'm one of the type musicians, like it doesn't matter what anybody's skill level is or whether they're the best guitarist ever, or they're just starting out. It doesn't matter. I mean, I just love being around it. I love music. Uh, I love sharing it with people. I love experiencing with people because it's such a just massive bonding thing, you know? Um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's awesome, man. And, you know, the fact that I've had the opportunity to be able to touch people with music and do it this long is kind of ridiculous. (laughs) Um, I mean, I never thought I'd go anywhere, you know, I mean, I started playing guitar because it was fun and it made me feel good. And, you know, I had a pretty rough childhood, so it was kind of an escape from all that. You know, I took, um, took solace in the music, you know, when bands like Stained were first coming out and bands like Tool and, um then you know bands like Slipknot and stuff like you know I was I just dove dove into that and it got me it was in my head but I was out of where I was so you know it was a saving grace for me man like I can honestly say if I don't if it wasn't for a lot of those bands that busted ass to get that music to my cd player I don't know if I'd be here today <laughs> and that that is the answer to your question about motivation is because I owe a debt to every single one of those musicians who work their asses off to write those songs and get those songs out there and, you know, get screwed over by their record labels and take it on the chin. But, you know, it helps, man. That sort of stuff saves people's lives every single day. I know it saved mine. So is a thank you to the, for the debt that I owe those musicians. It's my job to pass that along because I have that done for me. So, 
you know, no matter what happens, roadblocks get thrown in your way. If you got that in the back of your mind all the time, that's what it's all about is pushing forward. Cause it's about the next generation and paying it all forward from those who did it for you, man. It's, it, it's such a, it's such a powerful thing that you're like talking about. Right. Because it, it, and it's something like, I, I know Fred Durst got it from somebody else, but I heard it from Fred Durst, right. Where he was talking about music is the soundtrack to your life. You know I mean, mm-hmm. so like play it. And he said like, play it loud. Right. And so like, I totally took that into like, consideration like everything that I have in my life like I look back and there's like some song that's always tied to it right like yeah. I remember days where like I would be and it's funny because you mentioned a bunch of bands I just totally like love right so I would listen to I would listen to Seether right and I would just be kind of faded out like listening to like Broken and here here Amy oh great song band. yeah great tune man and then uh listen to Aaron Lewis playing outside and just remember seeing him on the stage and just like singing it in concert just on his acoustic and I was like I just remember like all these moments like getting stuck right like here's the person like I don't mention very often but Nicki Minaj has a special place in my heart right I don't like all of her music I'm just gonna be up front but there is something to be said that when the day that my daughter was born the very first song on the radio was a moment like this by Nicki Minaj so it's always stuck in my mind it's always on my heart because it's associated with my daughter's birth I always think about that but it's crazy because like, you know, whether you're listening to Corey and listening to the Iowa album or you're going out and just you're just listening to random tracks from him, like he, all the music, like you, it gets you through stuff. And you're right. Like, oh, I know, yeah. like for me, like what made music so powerful and why I had to find something that I could relate, like the crowd could get related to was because if it's not moving you, it's not going to move them. And those those iconic right. songs are always the things that you have to look for to to get people hyped into you, right? And especially because like m- even my character is like a comedy type character, right? Like he's like he's like Deadpool meeting the wrestling world. And so to have something like this playing, like I come out and like I'm just very in people's faces, very brash and very blunt and very like humorous. And uh, I think about like I, I go back because I'll sit in the back before any of my like we'll 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 be talking about wrestling, right? And there'll be a period of time for like half hour where I'm just doing nothing but listen to like hybrid theory or I'm listening to Americana or I'm listening to um you know Kanye I'm, something from Kanye West, usually the graduation. Just there's always something like always music playing just to get me in the mode and just get psyched yeah. into everything. And it's it's crazy to think about how those albums like really affect your life and just like drive you into one be better because just like you like I've when I first started trying to work on these promos and stuff like I wasn't very I wasn't very good at it and it was only because like I was forcing a character that right yeah yeah like you can't force it so yeah organically right and so once I shed the skin off of like this I gotta be dead serious all the time and talk to people and blah 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 I shed it all off and just like kind of let myself go everything yeah. came naturally and everybody's like i haven't i i don't have an issue cutting promos because i'm like yo like no no no, no. like I, I got this just go away just let me do my thing <laughs> <laughs> right yeah but yeah. It goes no, back- i remember when we were doing yeah, we were doing uh, we do a lot of interview stuff with uh, you know all, all all the bands that I've been in, and I always tend to be the one that uh, I just I have such a hard time taking that environment seriously. I'm actually I'm really proud of myself. I've been like super well behaved during this interview. Like I'm wearing <laughs> pants. Like I mean, like I don't even need to, but I am. 
you know, like usually I'm the guy that's like in the middle of the interview, like after I just say some asinine stuff that has nothing to do with the questions that I'm asked, then I'll like climb the fence and just like leave in the middle of it. Like, so I, you know, I, I always had that, you know, you talk about character and organically, I just, what's, what's the funniest or weirdest thing I could do right now? What's the thing I could say that would make everybody uncomfortable just to like, you know, derail this. Well, you know, dude, like you think about it and same, same with the wrestling world, like shock factor, man. Like, you know, that's what, yeah. it's what people want. They don't want boring, like, Oh, you know, well, we went to, we started to Juilliard as musicians and, you know, I'm classically trained and I started playing Mozart. Like, no dude, shut up. Like how many beers can you drink? Have you ever done cocaine off of a pair of tits in a strip club? Like you want <laughs> rock star shit. That's what it is. It's same with yeah. wrestling too. You know, like you want Hawk Hog and Hawk and Mania, like go crazy. Gnarly. That's, that's what makes it fun. That's what makes it exciting because people feel that in themselves. They feel like that. You could have the most introverted person ever, but they feel like that sometimes, you know? So when they see that it's exciting because it's relatable, that craziness. Yep. Also, yep. what makes it relatable is for some people, it's shit they'd never do, but are massively entertained by it because they never do it. You know, it's like it's so far outside of their comfort zone, but, you know, they're like, it's cool, man. I dig that. That's rad. That's like so outside of my world. Like, you know, and it draws people in, really ropes people in. Um, or at least that's what <laughs> I try to tell myself to justify my my behavior. So no, I, for my care, like, because when people see me like outside, like I'm usually kind of like, you know, kind of like this, kind of just like mellow, not really like, and, but man, like the moment, like a camera turns on and tell me to turn my character on, like, I'll tell you, like, I cut this promo, right. And uh, it's going to be coming out soon. You guys will see it. It'll be on Facebook. I just, it's not out yet, but uh, I legit was talking about a friend of mine and I was like, and don't worry because sometime I'm going to see you. And just like your masturbation addiction, I'm going to beat it or beat it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And everybody nice. was like, did he really just say that? And I was like, Dude, can you talk about masturbation outside? Like, can, can he say that? I don't think he can say that. I'm like, oh, I just did. And uh, I'm just walking away because it was, a great, it was a great shot. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I remember when you first uh, you first hit me up because it was a uh, it was a while back. Where uh, you, I think you messaged the band Facebook page, and I was the one that usually ran that. So I was the one that uh, I think first talked to you. And you were interested in using the music. And, you know, we've, we've had a lot of people hit us up uh, about a lot of different tracks, using it for different stuff. Um, you know, firearm companies using it for their videos of suppressors that they make. And uh, a lot, it's, you know, we've had a, a lot of songs and a lot of really, really cool stuff. But we always try to like research, you know, obviously, because we want to make sure what we're tying our name to is something we support. Right. So, uh, yeah, we checked out some of your wrestling stuff that was on YouTube and whatnot. We're like, dude, this guy, yeah, hell yeah, you could use it. Like, do whatever you want with the man. This dude's badass. We like your character. We're like, he's a mercenary. He's military based. Just, you know, we're we're huge patriots. You know, our, uh, especially Hollow Drive. We were all about. I mean, our last uh, last album cover was uh, you know Normandy Beach, and um, you know we always thanked all of our troops. Um, you know, we know if you know, anyone was active military or former military. They never paid for anything of our stuff. They got everything for free shirts, hats, CDs, whatever. Uh, you know, we always take care of our military because uh, without them, we wouldn't be here and we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing. So, um, you know, yeah, once we saw that, we're like, oh, yeah, dude, like, do you use, use it? You, you can have all the songs. Use all the songs. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, but, it, was, uh, it was trippy. It was trippy to see, like, because it, it's been wild, right? So, like, to be fully transparent, right? So, Back in 2003, right, I used to wrestle at Northwestern College in Orange City, Iowa, 
and I knew this dude uh, named Roman and him and I were really tight, right? In fact, we used to do music together, but we were really tight. And then he left school and he joined the military and then I left school and I joined the military. And then like, it was like only like a year ago, you know, one of my friends, one of our friends passed away, but a week later he popped up on my Facebook page and we both find out that we're both in the wrestling business. And he's like, <laughs> he's just, his popularity is like through the roof. Cause he's, you know, green, former green beret, just dominating oh, the wrestling wow. scene. Yeah. And then he was like, what would you do? I was like, well, I was Intel. He's like, dude, that's awesome. I was like, first of all, do not put me in the same category as you. That's not what we do. <laughs> <laughs> like, you are way more badass than I'll ever be. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was just, it was just so cool. So I, I definitely, when I find people who like appreciate the military or even just like see that there's other military people that are like trying to reach out, like it's cool that you guys are like so willing to like give back to like the, the troops. Oh, dude, you, you have to, man. You have to. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now. Um, unfortunately, that's a lot of stuff with politics that uh, is causing a lot of divisiveness and People, I think people are smart enough to where they'll come back around and they'll start to recognize the games that are being played and how the media is manipulating and whatnot and all the propaganda that's going on. But, you know, there's the, the big anti-police movement that's going on right now and, you know, BLM and all this stuff. And you know, I, as a rule, I, I'm kind of old school, you know, it's like, you know, no politics at the dinner table. You don't talk about politics or religion. Uh, especially more than ever, man. I don't engage in conversations about COVID. I don't engage in conversations about politics. And people are always like, why? That's super weird, man. It's like, one, uh, the information we have, I don't think, you know, everybody thinks that their information source is super pure and they have like a leg up or they know more than somebody else. Or No, man, like we're all being like, you know, we're getting portions of stories. We're not getting the whole deal. And people who have a really hard time wrapping their mind around that. No, man, why would the news lie? What? The government lies? What? No. <laughs> I just you tell know? people, I love to key tell everybody. I was like, if you don't know, you need to live by the house of, you need to live by the rules of Dr. House. Everybody lies. Oh, everybody yeah. Lies. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I, I don't, I don't really engage much conversation with that stuff. You know, whether you like Trump, hate Trump, like, like by hate by that doesn't matter you know whether you're vaccinated unvaccinated you know I, which i'm not calling them you're no longer the unvaxxed the unvaxxed I, I have a new name for this entire group of people we're the pure bloods <laughs> you're the pure bloods i like it <laughs> i feel you like your alter dna you call us the pure bloods <laughs> uh, but no i you know i actually i was just talking to my father-in-law about it you know he's like well you know you really brought this up and i'm like dude i i don't engage in the conversations because it just causes divisiveness I, I don't care if you and I get a, a agree on politics. And uh, if you're an asshole, I'm not going to like you. If you're cool, I don't care who you voted for. I don't care what color you are. It doesn't matter. Good person is a good person, you know. And that's that's the focus, and that's what the focus needs to be. And you know, I I will, however, I do not do not condone or participate in any of the anti-military, anti-police stuff. Like you got people that get up every single day leave their families, go to the other side, the far reaches of the, the, the whole world to protect your families and you're going to talk shit about them. Something's just not right, not right about right. that. I don't care what your belief system is or what your issue is with it. Those people are heroes and that's the way I'm always going to treat them. You know, I know if I, I'm out to eat with my family or something and I see a police officer walk in, 
uh, you know, or active duty military, they're not going to pay for a thing. I'm going to get their meal. Um, you know, I'm the type of person that walking through Home Depot, if you're wearing your, you know, Vietnam veteran hat, I'm sorry for taking up your time, but I'm going to stop you and shake your hand. You know, that's just, <laughs> I, it's about being a patriot, man. And we, we need more patriots. We need more people supporting that. And I, there, there's this very small group of people that have this really loud voice because they can manipulate the media. But I feel like the majority of us feel that way. And we're getting swallowed up by all this other BS, you know, it's just, and that's what it is. It's bullshit. So, you know, I try to actively do this, especially in public. So other people see it and set an example, you know, I mean, I'm not a timid person like you, you know, so I don't mind putting myself out on front street, you know, and if someone wants to talk shit, I think that a lot of people's problems these days is um, people have gotten really soft and people have these inflated egos. And that happens when you don't get hard enough. Right. So, you know, I, there's a lot of people that have never been punched in the face and it shows so, <laughs> and I'm happy to oblige. I'm, I'm not a little guy. If you you're one of those people, you need to be punched in the face. I will. I will help you out. I do not have a problem with that. <laughs> it's funny because you mentioned something in there, too. And I just want to bring this in. Right. So you're talking about meeting Vietnam vets and stuff like that. And obviously shaking their hands like I just ran into a Vietnam vet at the last show I was at in New Jersey, by the way. Uh, IWA Vintage Pro Wrestling. Thank you for having myself out there. But um, there was a Vietnam vet out there, and I sat down with him. And I, and I'm gonna say I don't know because I didn't really get the chance to stick around for the whole show because like I, it's a it was a two and a half hour drive. Like I was trying to get back home, and uh, and you're in Jersey too, so yeah. <laughs> so I sat down. I'm just I kidding. I love down. Jersey. <laughs> we'll talk about a whole nother story outside. But so I'm sitting down. <laughs> I'm sitting down with this vet and we're just sitting there just having a conversation, but it's two veterans having a conversation. And uh, like at the end, man, I just brought out one of my eight by tens and just signed it and just told him, I was like, thanks for the, you know, thank you for your service and thank you for the support, you know, and I just signed it and gave it to him. But it like, to me, like that, that's what matters. And what's funny is I'm, so we were talking about vices, right? Right before we started recording. Yeah. We have conversations before the show, but we were talking about vices and I was telling you about my house. We were talking shit about you. We were talking about All shit with everybody, <laughs> every single person. But my craziest vice, right? And it's, it's the wildest thing ever. And I'm sure you'll probably agree to this. But in terms of being a veteran, I think that there's, there's like a pyramid, right? And so like the base is obviously going to be like the most and probably like the most supported, right? So like to me, Operation Iraqi Freedom, Operation New, Na- New Dawn, Operation Enduring Freedom, like those, those guys, they're at the bottom. They're at the bottom of the pyramid. They're on the pyramid, but at the bottom. But as you go up to like obviously Desert Storm and you hit up, you know, uh, uh, Panama and you, Grenada and you start moving up, right? So to me, the peak of that, right, is World War II veterans. Anytime oh, yeah. I see a World War II veteran, everything stops. I run to that person. I get a photo with that person yeah. I was like, because there's one, there's not that many left. <laughs> no, there's not sadly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I go through and I make it a point like, Hey man, if it wasn't for what you guys did, you know, I wouldn't be in position to be able to, to, to be in the military and serve. So thank you. And yeah, I think for them, it's, it's kind of a weird, but to me, I'm like, this is the great. And I've got, I've met two, <laughs> two World War II veterans, got pictures with them both. And then uh, when I was stationed in Hawaii, uh, yeah, I just, I met tons of, and I took it for granted because I wasn't thinking about it like that. But it was when I got out, I realized, dude, like this triangle is so much smaller than 
Oh yeah, yeah, else. yeah, man. I uh, I met my first World War II veteran. Um, I think it was June third, nineteen eighty three. Because uh, my grandpa flew in World War II. Oh, nice. <laughs> so it was the day after I was born, and came, uh, he came up to the hospital. Um, so, yeah, World War II veterans, absolutely agree with you. Definitely top of the pyramid. They're, they're the rock stars. Um, but, yeah, I completely agree. And, yeah, I mean, there's very, very few left. So, you know, it, when you do bump into a man, like, that's, that's pretty cool, man. That's, that's a great honor to get to meet somebody that, that fought in that war. Yep. And I'm always, I, I'm always hyped. I'm always asking questions too. Like I met a dude uh, actually in Baltimore. He was a World War II veteran. He was actually in Pearl Harbor when it got oh, wow. wow. we sat down, had conversations. I was asking questions about like, was, was it really like as quiet as it was in December 6th? And what was this like? And what was that like? And I was just asking all sorts of crazy questions. And he was like very like, his his uh his helper she was like uh don't ask him too many questions about that and he was just like no 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 no. he's fine he yeah. knows what he wants to talk about and this is definitely where we're, and we normally when you're when you're helping people with cell phones you want them in and out of the store we spent three hours talking about world war ii oh that's awesome and man. he was just telling me all the stories about everything that he did when he was he was a part of midway and he was like all the conversation i was like bro this is I was like, the, the knowledge I'm gaining right now, just based yeah. on this, on my favorite period of time, I was like, this is crazy. That's awesome, crazy. man. That's so cool. That's <laughs> so cool. But yeah. you know, we got to get, we got to talk about, man, like this is a wrestling podcast. We've kind of taken this thing all over the place. We got to bring this back <laughs> around. So my wife tells me that I tend to rabbit trail. I, I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> well, we'll leave the bread trails. We'll just hands on bread all this back, but what, uh, are you a wrestling fan? Like, were you a wrestling fan? Like, talk to Oh, us yeah, about yeah, it. of course, man. I came up, uh, I grew up in the 80s. So it was when, you know, all the original WWF stuff was going on. Um, and they were, you know, rebranding every couple of years. But I, you know, I grew up, it was uh, Roddy Piper, Ultimate Warrior, Ric Flair, uh, obviously Hulk Hogan and uh, Macho Man Randy Savage, like, you know, and it was also when boxing was booming too, because that was when uh, Stallone was doing all the Rocky movies. So there was like, I was all about just fighting everything, Karate Kid, and I just wanted to beat everything up when I was a little kid. So, um, but yeah, I was, I was interested. I used to love watching it. And then got busy with music, and then it kind of came back into my life around the, um, uh, who did, uh, like the big show when John okay. Cena was like first coming, Brock Lesnar. Uh, Ray Mysterio and those guys. Ray Mysterio was my dude, man. Like the acrobatic stuff that he would do. I'm just like, there's no way I could ever do that because I'm like way too big for that stuff. But like a 619 move, I mean, come on. Like awesome. Dude was just awesome. Uh, that, that very impressive stuff. Um, and then one of our favorite road movies, actually, you'll appreciate this, uh, was um, Ready to Rumble with, um, <laughs> yeah, David Arquette. David Arquette. Yeah, Scott and Khan. Oliver Platt. Yeah, Scott Conn. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, we quoted that movie all the time, all the time. <laughs> that was one of our favorite movies to quote. Uh, just great lines in that movie, and then all the cameos from like Diamond Dallas Page and Booker T. And, oh yeah, great, great talented guys in that. And then life landed me down here in Florida, and I've been living in Florida since 2017. And this is like the wrestling mecca, man. I mean, SmackDown right down the street. We got Monday Night Raw. Just, 
up at full sale. Um, so yeah, man, uh, I've actually, I, I get mistaken for a wrestler all the time. <laughs> I try to keep myself in decent shape, but I'm, I'm six, five of, so I'm just, you know, tall, kind of big, weird looking dude. I get asked all the time and it's always in the weirdest places too. Like, I like being like a McDonald's bathroom. Like, um, and like hey, you a wrestler? I literally, literally on the road. Like we, we were on a tour bus, tour bus parked in the parking lot in McDonald's. We all stopped in there. Um, I think the McRib, McRib was back from where else do you go to McDonald's? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I had a dude literally follow me into the bathroom. He was like staring at me and I was in there with just one of my bandmates and the rest of the guys took their food and were eating on the bus. I was eating in the restaurant. And uh, this guy was like staring at me and I, I, I looked over, I was like, Matt, is that dude like eyeballing me? He's like, yeah, he's looking at you kind of weird. And I got up and went to the bathroom and he followed me in there. He comes up to the urinal right next to me. He goes, you're a big dude. You a wrestler? I'm like, no. I was like, are we, why are we going to fight? He said, no, man. He said, I love wrestling. I thought you were so, so I think Roman Reigns, I get, I get confused for a lot. Cause it was just, I'm like, I'm a guy with a beard and we all look alike. So apparently. <laughs> like, so. Yeah, it's like when I had my, yeah, well, it's like when I had my dreadlocks, man. Like, you look like this other person with dreadlocks. Just as we have, like, you look like Sonny from POD. I'm like, he's over a foot shorter than me, man. Like, no, I don't. Like, we do not look alike. But yeah, I've, uh, yeah, I've been approached several times about it. Yeah, I love wrestling, man. Um, I, the, this, you know, the strength, the skill, I mean, it takes a lot of work to keep yourself and, and, you know, condition yourself to be able to do that stuff. And I don't think it'd be a lot of people um, that aren't familiar with it. I don't think a lot of people understand the skill level it takes to pull off some of those maneuvers, like safely, you know, and like the, you guys legit get hurt. Like, I mean, that's some, you're throwing yourselves around and, you know, especially, you know, you get, start getting in your thirties and stuff, man, (laughs) you know, yeah, you're you're not not hopping up like you used to. <laughs> That's not uh, fun. You know what? I think it all comes down to like maintenance and like making sure like everything's like working right. Because I I'm gonna I'm gonna boast about it, and there's no lie to it. You can watch it on my TikTok. I actually have a 48 inch vertical jump. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. That's crazy, man. Uh, I'll, I'll be I'll, we'll be transparent it's a two it's a one-step gather but nonetheless like I can I got I got I got springs it's still it's still super impressive <laughs> that's awesome um yeah dude, that's like I said man this just the strength alone and then you know the choreography in it, it I think is just awesome man like you know those guys working together putting together those routines and stuff and you know how much of it's improv that they you know throw together last minute and just like you get working with somebody who kind of know each other and like get comfortable with like yeah let you pull this thing off like do you know whatever like and they call moves that like they practice that they weren't going to do that they'll pull last minute and i think all that stuff's super awesome man i mean it's it, like i said just the physical strength alone to do some of the stuff that they do and then the acrobatics of it i mean jumping off the ropes and you know, all that stuff. Um, I played, uh, I played a, a few different wrestling events over the years and I've well, got to watch them set up, which is really cool. I didn't realize that only wrestlers ever touched the ring. I didn't know that. I thought like a crew came in and built it. Uh, that was something new that I learned that it's like the understudies of some of the, uh, you know, guys that are on the show and stuff. It's the people that they're kind of mentoring. That's only wrestlers that put the ring together and seeing that constructed with the, the boards, you know, old school boards. I mean, that's all like still kind of backyard stuff, how it's put together with then the padding on top and stuff. Like I was yep. like, holy cow, man. Like I had no idea that's what was under all that stuff. Like, 
So it's pretty fascinating to see all that put together. And I tell you what, man, the wrestling community, like the actual wrestlers themselves, are some of the just nicest down-to-earth people. Like salt of the earth, like just real motherfuckers. Like, I mean, I've I've gotten to meet like uh, obviously, like I said, living in Florida. I mean, tons of wrestlers live down here. I mean, Chris Jericho, um, uh, The Edge. Uh, I mean, Triple H. I've gotten to meet all, all these dudes, and they're just so cool dudes. And Chris, Chris is awesome because you know I dig the wrestling stuff, and he's also a musician, so we have that in common. So you know, I, anytime I cross paths with Chris, it's always a pleasure. So. Yeah, that band, Fozzie, man, is, is so lit. Like, I, and the fact that he's actually able to take his band on tour with him and they go and do shows, like, right before, like, bigger shows, like, yeah. wrestling shows. So, like, even just recently at Full Gear, like, he had a show, like, in Minneapolis and he had it that night before. And then he obviously had the big wrestling match the next night. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Like, that man is like a workhorse. Like, oh, yeah, dude. I mean, you got to respect the work ethic, dude. Like, yeah, just the energy alone, because they're both such high demand positions, you know, and, you know, having a super successful, you know, wrestling career, acting career, and he's a phenomenal musician. He's got an amazing voice. Uh, I'm super happy to see. I mean, they've blown up over the past like five years, man. They uh, that Judas song just shot him into the stratosphere, and I, dude, I love it. I'm so happy for him. They're such a good band. The other musicians that he works with in his band and stuff. I mean, they're all really good dudes. Um, so I, I think it's great that he's, you know, same with like you know someone like Corey Taylor, who's just a powerhouse. He's successful in so many different facets and gets the opportunities to do that. You know, it's awesome that he, you know used his music career to set himself into a platform where he could, you know, he went back to his old band and then was doing split duty in two bands and then making all these friends with the musicians over the years and both these bands just relentlessly touring. Now he's got bands with all those dudes doing different kinds of music that, you know, when Iowa came out, like you never ever would have been able to tell me the CMFT shit that he's doing now would ever be a thing. I'm like, right. No way. Like, because it's so <laughs> metal, you know, but it's so, it's cool, man. Cause like, you got all these different sides as a musician, you know, and that's, that's something really relatable with me because this, at this point in my career, again, I'm not on the road anymore. Um, you know, I've had, there's been talks with a couple of different companies and stuff about maybe doing like an acoustic tour, which I, I would really enjoy is something I kind of did uh, back in the day. Um, whenever Hollow Drive would take breaks to do like writing and stuff, the singer and I would go out and do acoustic tours. I love those. I had such so much fun doing those. So that's something I would definitely entertain doing an acoustic tour playing songs from all the different bands I've been in, mixing some covers in and stuff and just doing a solo thing, just myself. Um, that'd be fun. But more so what I do now, aside from just putting out my, my own creative stuff is I, I do placement music is what it's called. So I have different agents that I work with that will get offers from music supervisors for film, you know, television shows, video games and whatnot. And they send me this stuff, what they're looking for. And like, they know like what my wheelhouse is, but I mean, dude, I've done country songs. Um, I've done straight up like orchestral ballad stuff. Um, it's been really cool. I've grown a lot over the past few years as a producer. Um, I've never been much of an engineer beyond being able to just like record my ideas for demo purposes. So like, cause Towards the uh, the last years, the last bands I was in, we all lived out in different, you know, different places. So we had to work remotely a lot. And, right. you know, technology these days makes it super duper easy, but I didn't really know a ton about any of that stuff. I mean, my generation has seen the biggest boom in the evolution, all that. Because when I first started recording, we recorded on tape. 
you know, and now, I mean, you don't even need to be in the, on the same continent to record together. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's crazy, the evolution and all that stuff, but um, you know, I've gotten to know the different programs and stuff to where I, you know, I all do all my stuff in house right here in my studio at home and uh, put everything out to everybody. I've been really slacking and I, I've got like literally probably a hundred songs just sitting there. I need to finish. <laughs> I'm always, like I, well, I always want to write, so I don't ever want to like go back. Like, so if I don't get it done in a day, I, like, I don't know, chances of me coming back to it, they're pretty slim, but um, you know, sometimes, sometimes that's a good thing, man. You get to a point with a song, you know, we were kind of touching on this earlier part of the process and everything. Like, I feel like a lot of people try to force it just to get it done. And it's like, you know, I'm not about that. Like, you know, I'll go back and I'll delete an entire section of a song or delete the entire song and keep some riffs, move some of those riffs into another song, you know, slice chop them up. Or sometimes I'll just let them sit, come back like a year later and take the song a totally different direction. You know, I write, you know, I'll, I'll get a song done and I'll go back and start working on like the vocal melody or, you know, start doing lyrics to it and get almost the whole thing done and come back and check it a couple months later and be like, ah, delete all of it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> I'm definitely, I'm definitely my own risk critic when it comes to all that stuff. Don't worry, man, because I'm in the same boat when it comes to like my character work and stuff and like things I'm going to say and things I'm going to work on. Because like I said, like when I first started this, it was like, here's this guy who's always like, welcome to command. You don't have a need to look around. So you're not going to blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I, I, I thought it was cool at first. And I was like, yeah, I'm this badass. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I hate this. <laughs> like, I was like, just, just throw it away, chief. We're just going to rebuild and just go from there. And I remember my trainer asking me too. He was just like, well, what do you like? To, like, what do you like? And I was like, well, I like, I like Deadpool. I was like, I've always been a huge Deadpool fan. Yeah. I was like, I love these guys who just like talk shit just in general. And the crazy thing is, is I always tell people that my character is me cranked up to a hundred and then you just add like Ryan Reynolds into it because like clearly that's Ryan Reynolds wheelhouse. He just talks shit to people, but um, <laughs> effortlessly, I, yeah, it, effortlessly. Like it doesn't matter who he is, whether he's Van Wilder, Hannibal, right from Blade Trinity, or he's Deadpool. It's it's the same guy, but he's really charismatic, and you like you can't that. <laughs> you cannot skip over Monty from Waiting. No, Monty. Yeah, <laughs> when, you, when you do the list, man, it, it bums me out because people do that. Like that's you can't skip over that character. That's that's one of my favorite movies that he's but, been in. But do you know how many, okay, waiting. I know, I know this is part of it, but do you know how many people actually don't know that movie? And that's what bugs me. I do actually. I love that I movie. I do actually. <laughs> my best friend and I, um, my, we call each other Liz, my best friend, uh, Steve, he, um, him and I, anytime we go out to re- restaurants, we always, we always ask him, have you seen the movie Waiting? Because like, we know, like, we know what y'all do back there because yes. we've seen the movie. I want you to know, I know what you're up to. So I'm going to be nice to you. I'm going to give you a super good tip, but don't fuck my food up. Don't put anything in it. <laughs> so we ask all the time. And I would say nine out of 10 people have never heard of it. I'm like, you work in the service industry and you've never seen waiting. Like, like it's a yes. sacrilege. You need to, this is blasphemy. Watch it. Hold the night, download it, stream it, whatever. Just put it inside. Watch it. <laughs> yeah. I tell people all the time. Cause like, you know, I was at a restaurant in, uh, in Honolulu. I won't put their name out there so I don't get sued. Sorry. Uh, but he, ran, <laughs> but his, but the name of the restaurant just happens to be the same one as my dog's name. So if you guys know that, you guys will know exactly what I'm talking about. Anyway, Ooh, trivia time. Yeah, so I'm in a restaurant and um, we're sitting there chilling out, and we're it's like a lobster steak night, right? And the chefs like trying out this new like recipe, and uh, 
it just it just didn't vibe with me right like i i ate it all right because i'm like i'm not sending this back but when the waitress came to me she was like how was how was the lobster and i was like oh it was okay and she's like really i was like yeah i was like it was kind of burnt like i don't really you know i know what burnt tastes like i don't not like every if you burn food you know what it tastes like right. so i was like uh, i was like you know it was just kind of burnt and then so the manager came over and was like hey you know i know you ate your food you told the waitress that it was okay i was like yeah it was just it was burnt that's it like there's nothing wrong with it i just just burnt and so he's like well i'll comp it down to a salad i was like i wasn't even looking for that man but yeah we'll take all of that <laughs> <laughs> and i remember my brother-in-law at the time he was like do you even know what that's supposed to taste like? he's like bro i you could you could have told me that's exactly how lobster was supposed to be cooked and i would have believed you but I know what burnt tastes like, and it don't taste <laughs> like that. And he was just like, right. he's like, oh, man, that's so crazy. But I was like, I'm not sending this back because, uh, yeah, waiting scarred me <laughs> for a lot. Oh, dude, yeah, it, all of us, all of us. Yeah. I actually, I have a similar story. I was at a steakhouse, and uh, I have a really, really bad habit. I grew up, I grew up really, really poor, and I put ketchup on steak. And uh, <laughs> I, I know, I know, I don't even want to hear it. I don't even want to hear it. I've heard all of it. All the digs, I've already heard it. Um, and that's what I tell everybody, man. Like, everybody's like, oh, man, it's a new I'm like, I get it. I understand it's bad. But, like, we grew up poor. So we got, like, the meat that expired, like, three days ago. And just to make sure that it wasn't going to kill us, um, you know, my dad would cook it down. So he'd slide this burnt car tire of a steak across the table. And the only way you could eat is if you drown it in ketchup. So now it's like those flavors just go together for me, you know? Same like how people put like whipped cream on a shake. Like, you know, like they just go together. That's what it is for me. So I'm in a restaurant and uh, like kind of a fancier upscale restaurant and uh, order steak. And I, you know, got, I always get my rare and bring it out. And they're like, oh, can I get you anything else? Like, oh, can I get some ketchup? And they're like, of course I get the snarl, the judgment. <laughs> and the chef comes out, actually comes out of the kitchen. And he's like, oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry, sir. I didn't mean to distribute your meal, but I was, was there something wrong with the steak? And I was like, no, nah, dude. And I kind of told him like a smaller version of the same, same story. And he just kind of like, hmm. like, oh, so you're going to judge me now. Oh, okay. So I, <laughs> I thought, you know, I did the right thing, you know, cause again, I've seen waiting. I know it goes on back there. So I, I followed him back there and I gave him all the goat. Yeah. You know, the, we bend over, just put the balls between your legs from the, the balls the penis showing game. <laughs> I'm like, I can play waiting games too, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly how this works. <laughs> Careful before I show you the bat wing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I should have done. The veiny <laughs> triumphant bastard stretched it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, listen, man. Like those are really kind of like all like the like portions of like the questions and stuff like I was looking for, and just kind of wanted to ask. But we got to get into the second best part of this podcast. People asking what the first. I tell them it's the Red Dogs Power Rankings that you can find on our debate shows every Sunday or Monday, depending on when you want to watch it. But this is the three-count podcast, 10-count questions. Marcus, this is how it's going to work. I'm going to fire off 10 questions at you rapid fast. Whatever's your answer, that's your answer. Copy. <laughs> All right. So we're going to put on the imagining timer for added pressure. Bing. And here we go. 80s or 90s rock? 90s favorite movie the jerk nice (laughs) (laughs) sonic or mario mario favorite color red xbox or playstation playstation 
favorite video game? Uh, Mortal Kombat. Ooh, side question. Which Mortal Kombat? Uh, two. Okay. Old school. Yeah, I'm a fan. I rock that shit on my Game Boy so hard. That's why I got such strong thumbs these days. I'm a phenomenal <laughs> texture because of Mortal Kombat on Game Boy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Now I'm thinking about it. Yeah, that's probably why. Because I'm always just like jamming. Yeah, right. My wife, <laughs> my wife gets confused on why I'm like, I'm just like. <laughs> uh electric or acoustic electric actually uh, of some recent debate i have a friend who's like he's learning how to play guitar he's an acoustic player and i'm like look man like i can sit down and i can hold my own against some acoustic players but like i'm definitely an electric player because i love metal <laughs> i'm like i ain't got time for all this sad country stuff man i just want to rip and shred <laughs> favorite podcast this one duh <laughs> It's only one right answer to that one. <laughs> <laughs> Nominate one person that you want to see on this podcast. Ooh. Oh, man. Anyone? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, man. That's a tough question. That is a super tough question. Um, Kid Rock. Let me Hell go with yeah. Kid Rock. Because I think you would have a really, really good time with him. Kid Rock or Ted Nugent would be my, my top two. For two reasons. One, they're super duper fun people and they're both Michigan people like me. So <laughs> awesome. Well, <laughs> I you know what, man? Like at the height, if I if I could get Kid Rock on the show, like that would be that would, I don't know, uh mind blown at that point. <laughs> no, 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 when when you get Kid Rock when, on yeah, you're right, you're right. Really into existence. We're gonna stay positive on this one. <laughs> yeah. All right. And last but not least, my favorite question to ask every single person that comes on this show, favorite curse word. Fuck. That's, I mean, let's be real. It's all, it's got to be a good F-bomb, right? It's so <laughs> universal. Right. That's what I love about it. It's like, fuck's kind of like, dude, all about the inflection and tone and means completely different things. You can literally use just that word in a sentence and it means completely different things each time you use it. You can have an entire conversation with it. Fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> such a universal word. I tell people all the time, I was like, if you haven't checked it, I, I promote this video pretty much every time I'm on here. But I was like, if you haven't seen History of the F Word on YouTube, please go research it. It was like one of the first viral videos out there. Go check it out. Fornication under consent of the king. Hey, <laughs> but what yeah, makes that goes it, back to like Renaissance times? Well, what makes it funny is that this this video starts off with like the old like do 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 do, and then it's just some old it's some some dude with a bad British accent. He's like, "Welcome to the history of the F word." It's like, "Fuck <laughs> is German." First YouTube video ever. <laughs> I, I uh, it's so good. Um, I can relate. That's uh, like when I started my YouTube channel, I didn't know it. Like, I, I don't know. I, I was not into it. I didn't want to do a YouTube channel, like filming myself trying, like, if you put a camera on me when I'm just doing my thing, then like, I'll just be me. But when you like got to turn it on, I'm just like, say something funny, Marcus. My brain's like, say something funny. And I'm like, it just, there's a disconnect. So yeah, that that's short circuit. My... You're like, ah, yeah. oh God, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, that's how my YouTube channel was. It's like, my brain's like, you're on the camera. Don't say fuck. Whatever you do, don't say fuck. And I'm like, hi, guys. Welcome. Fuck. I mean, welcome to my YouTube channel. <laughs> Restart. Damn it. Did it all over again. 
after 12 times, I'm like, I'm just going to go with it. Maybe it'll be funny. Maybe it'll be like, you know what? He's boyishly charming. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah, it didn't work. I don't have, I don't have a very big YouTube channel. <laughs> but, well, those are all my big questions. So the only thing I have for you, though, is to let our listeners and our viewers know where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Spotify under Marcus Wells, Marcus with a K. Uh, I'm on iTunes. Uh, we've covered YouTube. <laughs> Don't if you if you go into my YouTube channel with low expectations, you will not be disappointed. <laughs> um, but <laughs> yeah, Spotify, iTunes, uh, pretty much any any digital media outlet. Uh, my stuff's up on there. I have uh, all the Hollow Drive stuff hosted on there. I think there's some of the Eve to Adam stuff on there. Some of the Screaming for Silence stuff on there. Um, and then a lot of my solo stuff, which, uh, which gets weird. I'm not going to lie to you. If you start digging into that, some of that stuff gets really weird. I went to some really weird places with my solo stuff. <laughs> uh, I'm not even, I'm not sad about it. I'm not going to apologize. Y'all deserved it. <laughs> Making me be out on the road all those years, playing all those shows. This is what happens. You did this to yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> it's a journey. Enjoy it. <laughs> yes. Enjoy it. It's a journey. Bet. Well, there you have it all right so we got to wrap this up we got to take this home that's what we do we take this home so like i said this is the three count podcast presents now ancient ring and like i said i am the man that leads you up this mountain your sherpa clifford red dog miller that's right but it's never about me it's about who's entering the ring because you always have to have someone who's been there done that and does it better than you do and so today in the ring you see him right next to me marcus wells is here and we have a blast talking about everything under the sun but you guys know what to do tune into the next episode and be there or you just wait till this episode ends you wait for the outro and then you select another episode watch more watch all of them click on all of them <laughs> if you love this clip please give us a like subscribe click the bell turn on your notifications we, we love you Please, we just, we just turn the notifications on. We just, we just want you to like us. That's it. I can't do it.